You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. So we're talking about, um, we've talked about so many things, but we gave you the big two scriptures last week. So let's look at them again. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. No, it doesn't have Brother Hagin's picture by it. Jesus said this. There's just some people learned it. Some people understood it. What does it say? Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. First John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, amen, First John 5, 14. If this, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we've desired of him. So we talked about last week. Remember, we're not, we, faith begins where? F.F. Bosworth, I think, is the one that is uh, given credit for saying that, uh, but it lines up with the word of God. Faith always begins where the will of God is known. You have to know the will of God on something before you can have faith. So the word of God is the will of God. But what a lot of people in our um, circles make the spirit-filled circles, what they make the mistake of is they mistake for their personal lives. They assume they can just do whatever they want because Deuteronomy 28 says, well, he'll bless whatever I put my hand to. But you got to go back up to what Pastor Belinda was talking about. You have to hearken to the voice. Hearken means more than hear. It's hearing and doing. So remember then we brought in James where it says, you know, what you ought to say, if it be the Lord's will, we'll live and do this. Now, you know, and again, don't ever interrupt a funeral and don't go up and say, my pastor said after this, because I will pop you upside the head. I can get in enough trouble all by myself. I do not need your help. And so, um, but you know, that's not a funeral scripture. Because a lot of people take this and say, well, see, it's up to the Lord how long you live or when you die. When the roulette wheel in heaven goes on your number, you're all dead. Well, if I believed that, I would never get on a plane again. Because what happens if the pilot and the co-pilot, their number comes up and we crash? Then what are the rest of the three or 400 of us going to do when we get to heaven out of season? Religion is silly, y'all. Religion is silly. It doesn't make any sense. God makes sense. And so uh, you're not have an appointment of one, one the, that day, that's the day you're going to die. So you can just live whatever you want, do whatever you want. And when, you're di- when, you know, when your number's up, your number's up. That's, again, a bunch of baloney. Because if that's true, the Bible wouldn't talk about how to extend your life. And then there'd be no, if you got sick, there'd be no reason to pray. Right? Because it doesn't matter. Let's see again, silly, religion. But the truth of the matter is, um, you have to know, I'm back into my subject, but you have to know what the will of God is, especially concerning your personal life. I mean, generally speaking, Philippians 4.19 is yours because he will supply all your need. But you've got to figure out, like, um, you know, there's also scripture, you don't work, you don't eat. I like that one because I like to eat. And, and, and so, you know, and, and that's part of it. Well, we've been redeemed from work. No, that's the curse of the fall, not the curse of the law. The curse of the fall, fall is you're going to have to work. You can't get over that one. You're not being redeemed from the fall, the curse of the fall. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So you're going to have to work. So you better find out what the Lord wants you to do so you can enjoy it. 
so you can be productive. In other words, you got grace to do it. He'll give you grace to do it. Oh, my goodness, we're doing a whole lot of meddling. And we just, Lord, help us tonight. I don't know what happened. Hallelujah. But anyway, so you, but you need to, so yes, generally, you know the will of God. He wants to meet your needs. But also you're going to have to work. But you're going to have to ask the Lord what to do. Because remember what James said by the Holy Ghost. Through James, he said, you know, uh, remember that man, there's a person there, a business person said, well, I'm going to go to this city for a year. I'm going to buy and sell and get gain there. And that's what I'm going to do. And what the Lord said is, you don't even know what your life is. What you ought to say, because you don't know what tomorrow is. What you ought to say is if the Lord wills. So that means in order for you to get in faith, you're going to have to find out the will of God. And so a lot of people in our circle, they say, don't ever pray, Lord, if it be thy will. Well, aunt, that's wrong. You have to sometimes ask the Lord what his will is. Now, you don't have to ask him, is it, is it his will to heal you? Because that's written down. You don't have to ask him, is his will to prosper you? That's written down. Right? You don't have to ask, is it your will that I have peace? Or should I, my whole life be chaos? Is that your plan for me? No. Whatever you've been redeemed from, you don't have to ask the Lord what his will is. But when it comes to your personal life, you better be asking. Come on, if you're single in the room. You, no matter how cute she is or, or how much of a stud he is, you better ask, Lord, is this your will? Amen. And now if you're married, you got the right one, baby. Hallelujah. No, you should have been stronger. If you're married, you got the right one, baby. I just still should. How, come on, this is Wednesday night. Come on, y'all. I can understand that on a Sunday morning. Hallelujah. But you got the right one. Amen. And the, how, you're in covenant. Glory to God. All right. But you, so there's things, your job, your career, not your choice. You got to find, you got to discover what God has anointed you to do. What city you live in, where you go to church, who your pastor is. Those are things you need to ask the Lord. We tell people all the time because people come visit on Sunday morning and they're like, well, we're looking for a church. And we're like, we're one. Hallelujah. But what you've got to look for is your pastor. God didn't promise you a church. He didn't promise you an excellent praise and worship team. Even though we got one, music is not the reason you come to a church. You go to a church because there's a pastor there and he or she is yours for that season of your life. He promised you a shepherd after his own heart. Didn't promise you a prophet. Didn't promise you an apostle on TV. I might need you to hold my hand or something. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What in the world? But it's all true. I ain't taking any of it back. I'm just saying I'm getting kind of scared where we're going a little bit, though. Hallelujah. All I'm saying to you is that you've got to find out the will of God for your life. And you have to ask the Lord, Lord, what is your will concerning this? You can't have faith before you know it. You can't have faith before you know it. Amen. And when you have faith, when God has revealed something, when he reveals his will, then you know. And then when the hard times come, when the hard times come, you can go back to, but you said, and listen to me, you all know his voice. How do I know that? You're his sheep. You know his voice. The voice of a stranger you will not follow. 
You're a son of God, a daughter of God. You are led by the Holy Ghost. You have an unction on the inside of you, and you know all things. You're of the truth. You hear his voice. You're part of the church, and you have ears to hear what the Spirit of God says to you. So in every part of your life, you can have and should have faith. That's why you live by it. So you can't separate your personal life. You know, you don't have a sacred life and a secular life. You've got one life. If you're called to be a businessman or a businesswoman, listen, even though God blesses Christian businessmen and women, if you get tired at work because your boss is mean and nasty and you decide on your own to go start a business, because you say, well, they're doing it and they're doing it and they're making money and they look blessed. But if you're not called to run your own business and you just say, well, the Lord's going to bless it because I'm going to put my hand to it. You're going to fall flat on your face because you don't got the grace to do it. You don't have the ability to do it. You got to find your place. You got to find your grace. And then you can have faith. There's a lot of times the Lord, well, when you ask him, like, where do I go to work or what about this? He'll say, he, he won't maybe give you an answer. But as you go to apply places or you'll either get this seems right or this seems wrong. And so if it seems right, then you have faith. But see, even people believe in God for stuff that the Lord never promised them. And then they say, this stuff don't work. Faith is not this stuff. Faith is a foundational doctrine from God. It is the way God operates, and it always works. The problem is people don't know how to receive. And anytime you find yourself, oh, here we go. I knew we were going somewhere. Anytime you find yourself looking upward and pointing your finger and saying, where are you? You are the most, uh, um, you're out of order. If you're ever shaking your finger at God and saying, where are you? And why did you? And how come you? And what's up with you? Then you are, you have, you have elevated yourself above God. And in our circles, you have to watch that sometimes because people say, well, my faith works. I don't know what God's holdup is. Listen, that's, that's not confidence. That's beyond sassiness. That's, that's irreverent. That's just wrong. We have to understand we are human. And when he calls us, us, when he calls us my little children, that is not a figure of speech. He's the ancient of days. He's always been here. And you're at best a toddler if you've been living 120 years on the earth. We need to have some humility about us and say, if it doesn't work, then what did I do wrong? What don't I know? Lord, teach me what I don't know. Lord, reveal to me where I missed it. Because I know you can never miss it. You're faithful. Come on, you're faithful. Job's wife used of the devil. You just need to curse him and die. The devil loves it when God's children question God's integrity, his honor. Come on, he can swear by no greater, so he swore by himself. His word, this, this is not, the, it's the, we call it the Bible, but this is the holy written word of God, the logos of God. And if he said it, he will do it. You know, we've all had stuff in our life where we don't understand. Have you had some stuff you don't understand? But he will. If he can't show you why it happened now, when you grow up a little bit, 
Well, I've been serving him 20 years. Like I said, when you grow up a little bit, if God's not revealing of why of something and you keep asking him, you just need to let it go. Because if he hasn't told you by now, it's holding you in the past and you need to let it go. And he might be able to show you later. Maybe after you've been in eternity a thousand years, after you've been with him a thousand years, maybe then you can handle it. But if you can't handle something and he's not telling you why, you need to let it go. I'm not talking just you. I talk to him. We've all got stuff. Have we all got stuff? We all got stuff. What you got to come to is God is faithful. God is faithful. Come on, everybody say God is faithful. He was he faithful too. Well, not just to you, but he's faithful to the word you believe. He's faithful to the word that comes out your mouth. That's what he's faithful to. Yes, he's faithful to you, but he can only be faithful to you to the amount of word you got in your heart and the amount you got coming out your mouth. He's faithful to his word. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I get it. Whew, sometimes the challenges of life, man, they, you know, just when you, you know, they'll, the devil loves to poke at you. He'll bring people around you who are supposed to be for you. And while you're down, they'll slap you up, you know, side the head. Must have been something you did wrong. Well, listen, we all did something wrong. We all, you know, if something didn't happen the way you thought it should happen, uh, you, you need to chalk it up to being a human. Even though you love Jesus and you fill with the Holy Ghost and you can talk in tongues and rhyme and you know a thousand scriptures, but stuff can still happen. And especially when it comes to, uh, oh, uh, especially when it comes to other people and their wills, I, I don't care who you are. You cannot override somebody else's will. And you can want for them. But everybody has to believe God for themselves. All right, where in the world? Hallelujah. We were, we were talking about having faith. Do we have faith? Hallelujah. So we got to ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? Where am I supposed to be? But if it's written down, you don't have to ask him, is this will? Faith begins. That's where we were. Faith, everybody say, faith begins where the will of God is known. Woo! Hallelujah. God is true. Amen? All right. This is spring break week. You all don't have anywhere to go, right? We can hang out for a long time. I want you to get this. Uh, let's start with Acts. No, let's go to, we don't want to go to Acts, do we? No, we want to go to John 16. I'm going to give you some scripture. Everybody good? If that didn't help you, it'll help somebody else you know. Maybe give you some answers to give to them. But I think it helps us all. Amen? It helps us, it helps us, whatever we, whichever way you say it. John 16, 23. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. So Jesus said, you don't ask me in that day, the day he's been raised from the dead. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you'll do what? Receive that your joy would be full. So we're going to talk about Asking, And I know it sounds really simple, but I think it's a, a missing ingredient in our circles. I think sometimes people skip this part. Um, and I want to show you why I believe that. So, so what did he say? Number one, in that day, you're not going to ask of me, but you're going to ask the Father in my name. Aren't you grateful that we can ask the Father in the name? We've got a name that's above every name. Amen. Hitherto, you, you haven't asked anything in my name. That didn't start yet. But now you're going to ask in my name and you're going to receive that your joy would be full. 
When, when, when is our, 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 and now but go back to Mark eleven twenty four though. And it says, what sort of things you desire when you pray, believe you, and then you shall. When should your joy be full? When you pray. When should your joy be full? Because see, if you're, wait, you know, uh, if you're waiting for it to materialize, so to speak, or people would say it this way, well, I'm just waiting on my manifestation. Well, it, things like that are not faith. Because you didn't believe when you prayed. You'll believe when you see. You're from Missouri. <laughs> the show me state. And I get that, and a lot of people are there, and the Lord will work with them in signs, wonders, and miracles. But if you want to walk by faith, you have to believe when you pray. But, but Jesus is talking about asking here. So he wants you to ask that your joy would be full. But when you ask, you have to believe. This is the confidence that I have in him. That if I ask anything according to his will, I know that he hears me. I know that he hears me. You're not trying to get God to answer your prayers. You're trying to get him to hear you. And that word hear there is like going to a courtroom where there's a king. It's a hear ye, hear ye, not a hear ye. It's not hearing with your physical ear. God can hear. Listen, he doesn't need your voice. He knows every thought you think. The Bible says you can't even go to hell to get away from him. That bothers me a little bit. He's merciful. Lord, he's kind. Now, every thought you think that comes to you is not necessarily your thought. That's why you got to kick some of them out real quick. Right? So it's, it's, so it's not hearing physical. It's hearing there's some legality to this. Now, don't, don't let that word mess with you. All right, let's go on. John, let's go back. We're going to go backwards. John 15. John 15, 16. Again, don't let this be too simple. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. Aren't you glad? Ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. What's that fruit? It's answered prayers. And that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So ask the Father in the name of Jesus. And what did Jesus say? He will give it to you. He will give it to you. But what do you have to know first? I got to ask according to the will of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. I have to, and what is the, what is the will of God? The word of God. So how many you know in order for something to be scriptural, you must have a, a scripture. Right? So in order for it to be of faith, and faith comes from the word of God, when you approach the Father, maybe you ought to have a, a scripture. What I had, uh, my spiritual father, of course, I listened to Brother Hagin a lot, and I've been listening to him uh, more uh, lately. Um, I've been listening to him a little bit as I go to sleep at night, and I just love his voice, and I love to hear him teach and stuff, but it made, me, it made me laugh. I think I was at the gym when I heard this. He's like, he did a poll. Brother Hagin was always doing polls, and he had a, a photogenic memory. And he didn't, you know, he said, um, you know, when people would do something, he said he'd make a mental note of it and he'd never forget it. And that's, he, it was true. Uh, he, because he, if you ever heard him preach, he'd be preaching and then suddenly he'd say, and you'll remember that was in April of 1929 on the third Thursday of the fifth, whatever. It's like, it was like, but that would come up from his heart and it'd be accurate. And so he said he did this poll and people would come up and ask him to pray. 
And uh, he would ask him, he's like, oh, uh, you know, what do you want me to pray? And they said, well, first of all, do I have to tell you? And he's like, well, if, uh, if you don't tell me, I'm not going to pray. Because you're believing either that I'll believe with you, agree with you, you know, and you're going to want me, you're going to, you know, want an answer. So, you know, no silent requests. You remember in, some of you in church growing up, well, I, I have a silent request. There are no silent requests. <laughs> That's just religious. Doesn't work. Because how would you know what, Lord, I don't know what they want. (laughs) Well, but if they don't ask, how can he do? So so he said, so then he said this, he said, um, what scripture you standing on? And they would say, well, none in particular. And he's a little ornery. And he said, well, that's what you'll get. Nothing in particular. So you got to have something particular. You got to have the word. You got to have something to back it up. Why would you have to do that? Because it's legal. You have to take something to court. Now, faith is the evidence of things we don't see. Faith is the title deed. Where's my title? Like if my car was stolen, it won't be. But I have a title deed somewhere, don't we? <laughs> we have a title deed because we own it. So probably somewhere at a bank or somewhere. But... I don't care if that car was in California, Florida, where it was. I call and say, that's my car. Can you prove it? Yes, I have the title deed. Faith in the word of God is your title deed. If you don't have scripture, you have no title deed. You have no title deed. Well, I'm just believing the will of the Lord be done. Well, what's his will? You have, to, you have to know what his will is. Where do you find his will? In the word of God. Amen. Amen. Praying in tongues is good. We do it a lot around here. But when you ask God for something that's been, that, that you're believing for, you have to bring scripture. Bring the word. Are, y'all, are everybody good? Is it true? Am I telling you the truth? And you say, well, I knew that. Yeah, well, are we doing that? I knew that, but are we doing that? I'm not just talking to you. Uh, talking to me. John 14, 13 and 14. And whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Can you see a, a, rep- a repetitive thing here in the Gospel of John? That's three so far. Well, let's look at another one. John 15 and 7. This is one I'll have to teach off. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And it will be done. Well, I can just ask God for anything. I just go lay hands on a beamer, you know, and claim it in Jesus' name. I can go lay hands on your house and claim it for mine. No, if you abide in him and his words abide in you, you won't do that nonsense. You know, somebody was joking with me. And I think, well, I think they were joking. They said, well, pastor, when are you going to believe your plane? Well, the Lord's never told me to believe for a plane. I'm just believing to get in business class, y'all. That's where my faith is. I, know, I don't want a plane, don't need a plane. I'm not a, I, that's not, I don't need one. Why, so why would, why would you believe for something that, A, the Lord didn't tell you to believe for just because somebody else has got one, right? I, I don't need no quail overflow in my life. I just want what the Lord has for me. And I'm going to find out what that is. And that's what, really, that's all my faith can believe for. That's... That, I, faith begins where the will of God is known. So that's what I can believe for. 
right? And even when it comes to things around here, until the Lord says do it, I can't believe for it. I can't believe for it. And then he tells me a lot of things, you know, that instead of me um, privately complaining to him about it, he asks me, why don't I believe for it? Because a need for it is not enough. Just you needing it is not enough. Well, God knows. I'm glad you said that. Hallelujah. If you abide in him, his words abide in you. You ask what you will and what will he do? It shall be done. But what do you got to know? You got to know the will of God. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. You all know this. This is part of the Lord's Prayer. So let's, let's read this, and then we'll run back into it. Uh, be, ye, be not ye therefore likened unto them, for your Father knows. Does God know what you need? Yes. For the Father knows what things you have need of. If you need a job, does God know it? If, you need a car, if your car's all broke down, does God know you need a new one? And a good one, right? A good one. If you need your body healed, if you're in pain, does God know you need it? Right. He knows what you have need of before you do something. Before you do something. Before you do something. What you got to do? Jesus, four times recorded in the Gospel of John, ask, ask, ask. Ask. What is that? Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, ask. Believe you receive them and you shall have them. Here, we run into this. They call it the Lord's Prayer. This was never meant to be repeated. Again, if you're somewhere and everybody says, let's recite the Lord's Prayer. Don't say, my pastor says you're not supposed to recite this. You just recite it like I do, like everybody else, understanding that it was never meant to be recited. And, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue in the corners of the streets, and they, to be seen of men, verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Be, be, but thou, when you prayest, enter into your closet. When you have shut the door, pray to the Father in secret, and he'll re, and in secret will reward you openly. But when you pray, but when you pray, when you pray, use not vain repetitions. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What is that? He just said, don't use vain repetitions. But I'm telling you, if you are somewhere and they're vainly reciting it, you vainly reciting it with them saying, Lord, you know, I'm not here to cause a problem, but I understand what you said. Are you okay? As the heathens do. For they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. We have covered that. It's not your much speaking that gets you the answer. Verse 8 again. Be, be ye not therefore likened unto them. Who? The people who, who like to do things for show. For your father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. So this is what I know. It doesn't say we don't have to ask because he already knows. Well, God knows what I need. I don't have to ask. I remember when I first started out on this, uh, me and my roommate at Bible school were talking about it, and we both were so proud, arrogant little kids. And one of the things we got to talking about was, you know what, I never asked God for anything because he knows what I have need of, and I'm just so humble and pure, you know, basically, that, you know, I know that, you know, God's just going to take care of me. 
And then when you, you know, then you start to learn some things. It's not about that. It's about doing what he says. It's about doing it the way he said it. And, 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 I, want, and I want you to see this. Um, it doesn't say that he'll give it to you before you ask because he already knows. He doesn't say he'll give it to you. Well, sometimes, listen to me. Yes, sometimes it's mercy. Sometimes it's goodness. Sometimes it's somebody else's prayer for you. I get, yes, that's true. But for you, there is something about you and I, again, don't let this be too simple, asking. Do I have to ask? Jesus said so. Well, I'm just going to, should I confess it or should I ask? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Should I thank God or should I ask? Yes. Does it matter which order I do it in? I don't know. But I know that we have to be very careful not to skip over a very simple part that you and I know that's clearly written And it's not just written because the father wants us to come beg before the throne. Because begging is not what he's talking about. It really is a legal thing. It's a legal thing. It's set up that you always win. But it's still a legal thing. This is the confidence that I have in him. That if I ask anything according to his will, I know that he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, you study the word hear out. It has the context. It has the connotation of standing before a king. Now, when we stand before the king, we have an attorney. Our elder brother. The victorious one. He's your advocate. And he's never lost a case. Unless people don't come with evidence. It's fixed. I know his will. Even though he knows it, he wants me to bring it to court. You have an adversary. He happens to be defeated. Can't keep anything from you. But a man does he try. Try to talk you out of it. If you can get him in the courtroom, If you can get him in the courtroom, how do you get him there? Father, I come in the name of Jesus. You have an audience with the most high. Lord, this is what I need. This is what I want. Okay, let's let's talk about it. Right in courtroom, he'll call you son. It's all fixed. Everybody knows it. There's angels hanging out to make it so. But you see, there's something about asking. And I think so many people just skip over it. I know I have. <laughs> I want to tell myself, when uh, Pastor Ron and I first got married, um, she, you know, she's so good at what she does. She's detailed. She, she, she manages my life and our life, and she's good at things. And when we first got married, you know, we lived on... Um, uh, Michael Drive in Madison in an apartment, and uh, um, I don't know what I don't know what uh, trash day was, and I don't know why this particular thing, but it would come around, and she would say to me, "It's trash day. You need to take out the trash." She didn't say it mean. She just herself, straightforward, direct. Well, can I just tell you, it just ticked me off. 
just irritated the crud out of me. And so we went for that way. And then one time, I, I'm, I, this is a lot, lot of years ago, y'all. Don't judge me. <laughs> Don't judge me. We just got married, loved her. She loved me. We were having the time of our life. We were so happy. We were so that way that first year, the Lord even had to interrupt us and say, you know what? I'm the one that brought the two of you together. Don't forget me. <laughs> He's like, I need your attention because we were just that way. But this thing, and then one day it just popped off on her. I just said, uh, you're not my mother. Her name is Kay, and you're not her. Don't tell me what to do. Well, that was just wrong. <laughs> a, I don't even like it when my mother told me things to do. Still don't. And so, um, so I had to, like, get a hold of myself. I'm saying this for a thing. So I had to figure it out, and there's something about a question. There's something about asking. And so I said to her, can we change this up a little bit? Because you're right, I'm wrong, but I need some help. So could you form it in a question? Did you remember? It's Tuesday. And, it's, and the, did you remember on Tuesdays we take out the trash? Well, you know what? It's the same thing, same a thing, same a thing. It's just a question. And it was palatable for me. But in the same way, I don't understand always why God set things up the way he did. But there's something about a question. There's something about asking. It's beyond manners. It's legal in this case. But I, can I tell you whether when she did that, you know, then we, you know, we have, the, we've been together now, what, is it a hundred years or something like that now? Um, but you know what? Sometimes she'll say something and it's ever so rarely now, but I'll just kind of poke. We kind, now we laugh about it. I'll say, was that a question? Cause we just don't fuss at one another. We usually end up laughing at one another instead especially if we're trying to get irritated with one. We just have laughing at each other. You know, it kind of diffuses everything. But I still like to be asked a question. I say this a lot. In my, if you've ever been through marriage counseling, you've heard this. My first hire was uh, her mama, Melba. And I figured out where that apple fell from. Because <laughs> Melba was my secretary. And dear me, I get to, get to the office and say, Pastor, today... You have to do this, and you've got to do this, and this person's coming, and are you ready for that? And she would just, like, bark out these orders. And I was like, hold up. I'm the boss. Let's do this in a question. So I had to retrain Melba, too. Hallelujah. Well, shouldn't you have just gotten over it? Probably, but I didn't. I don't know and why the Lord's bringing it up now, but, it, but this question thing, can't you just, if he asks you to ask him in a question or to ask, then couldn't you just do it whether you think it's irrelevant or not? If that's the way he set it up, if that's the way he needs it, then why wouldn't you just do it? Well, I've moved beyond that, Pastor. I'm, I'm just confessing things into being. But then you, have you moved beyond the word? I'm just thanking him for the answer. But did you ask him the question first? Did you ask him the question first? Now, I'm not trying to make you religious. Okay, I got to do point one, point step two. Oh, did I do that one wrong? I'm not trying to make you all religious. 
I'm trying to get you to see that this one is something like it seems to be it seems to be very important legally that God can intervene and the devil can never say God was unjust or unfair that he did something for somebody that he didn't do for another because the devil will never be able to say God is unjust and unfair he's righteous he's holy he is just and he is fair. And he has you asking, gives him a legal access. Let's look at James chapter 4 real quick. Everybody good? James chapter 4. Where did they move it? There, it's still after Hebrews. James chapter 4, verse 2. You lust, you have not, you kill, desire to have, and you cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not, because you ask not. Can't do this in the natural. No matter what you try to do in the natural, to get it, you can't. But you don't have it. The real reason is you don't have it is because you didn't ask. It's just plain and simple, isn't it? And then it goes on to give this. But sometimes you ask and you didn't receive because you ask with wrong motives. You ask amiss. What would keep you for asking? See, I hear people talk about the word of faith people. They're, 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 they're demanding God around. They're bossing him around. They're bossing him around. They're telling him what to do. No, you should just let, let him do what he wants to do. I'm not bossing anybody around. If I have the word on it, if I have his will on it, he needs me to bring it to him. That is not me telling him what to do. He's telling me what he wants to do, and I'm just bringing it to him legally and asking him to do what he said he was going to do. And how, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you'll ask what you will. Well, I'm just afraid to ask, you know, what if it's not his will? If you abide in him, abide to be vitally connected to him and his word is, it's, it's who you are. I'm a word man. You're a word man. You're a word woman. You're a word, uh, young adult. I mean, the word is in you and that word is what you live by. Then you won't ask amiss. Because you're abiding in him and his words abiding in you. If you step to try to do something that's out of his will, the Holy Ghost will say, nah, no, 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 no. That's not the direction. That's not the right thing. That's not the right application of that. That's not the will of the Father for you. It's rails again. It's rails in the realm of the Spirit. It makes it all safe. Have people ask amiss? Yes. I always use this one. Some single guy looks across the room and thinks she's cute and says, Father, I claim her for my wife in Jesus' name. Well, that's just ridiculous. Go around, drive around again. I see that house and I, I claim it. Well, you don't know who owns it. And you don't know if they believe God for it. And then I'm going to move out of there just because you named and claimed something. You got to know the will of the Lord. And just because you Jericho marched around it, <laughs> it's Alabama. You, do, you might get shot. <laughs> A Jericho march does not assume you're going to get something. Now, if the Lord told you to do something, if he told you to go stand somewhere and pray and believe God for something, then yeah. 
But you got to have the will of God on it. you got to have the strategy of God on it. Amen? But if you abide in him and his words abide in you, then you'll ask what you will because it will be with what he wills. You won't be asking outside of the will of God. What you ask will never contradict God's will. If you, you can ask and it contradicts God's will, you ask amiss. And you can't receive. This, listen to me. Shela bahangi, paskeya, mangrike, chukufai, nisa, mingriste, jobante, lobrosto. You can't just go do what you want to do and ask the Father to bless it and the, the blessings overtake you. You must find out what his will is, what his desire is, what his heart is towards you. And then, as it was, then by faith, as you walk out in the will of God, the steps that have been ordered by the Father, then he will bless it, he will increase it, and he will cause you to rise up. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have we any of us ever asked amiss? <laughs> oh, yeah. Will we ask amiss again? Uh, probably. But thank God for the Holy Ghost, the teacher, the helper. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, it's not like if you step out and you do something wrong, he's going to leave you to die. Ask Peter. Help me. Come on, everybody say, help me, Jesus. Let's say it like we're in the South. Say, help me, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. That's a good prayer. He reached out, grabbed him up, put him back on the water. Said, why did you doubt? Why did your faith only last a little while? Yeah, we're growing. Oh, come on, y'all. Let's not throw stones at people. Well, if you're a faith person, that would have never happened to you. Please. If you're a leader in the body of Christ, that wouldn't have happened to you. Give me a stinking break. Lord, help us. We're the only army that beats an injured soldier up. We should, we should be loving on one another. Helping. I mean, if somebody's just being obnoxious and ornery and doing things that are against the word and the will of God, you know, you don't even have to touch it. They're not going anywhere. But when people make mistakes or something happens to somebody and they did their, their, their best. I mean, I used to get mad when Pastor Rhonda would say this, but now I understand a little more. I mean, the worst thing that could happen to anybody is they end up in heaven a little early. We're all going, did you know? You don't like that either, but you are going. Even if Jesus doesn't come back, is there anybody from the 1700s still here? Do you know any of them? Do you know anybody from the 1700s? Why? They all died. Do you know anybody from the 1800s? Do you? Why? Because they're dead. I'm going to set somebody free in here today. You are going to die. Not now, and definitely not in the next five minutes. You're going to live a long life on the earth. We should all hit for 120. Amen? But death, where's your sting? And this is the deal. Why I'm saying this is sometimes when things happen to people, people say, well, I thought you were people of faith. Why didn't God? The wrong question. 
And, and then so it's the wrong time to wonder, why didn't this person receive or that person receive? Well, let's get into your little life and figure out why you didn't receive. He is sassy tonight. <laughs> We all got stuff. What do we do? Well, let's, get, get, let's get better. Let's just keep growing. Let's keep doing our part. Let's, let's be a crazy friend and help somebody else out. Not criticize, not wonder what's going on. Let's lift them up. Let's help everybody. Let's encourage everybody. Let's quit asking so much why. Why didn't? Well, we know God did. And so we don't, we don't want to look at it. All right, hallelujah. Okay, let's do this one. Oh, I, I didn't mean to keep you this long. Yeah, I kind of did. James chapter 1, verse 6. It says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. So we're we supposed to ask? We're supposed to ask in faith and not waver. Last one. No, that's good enough. Hallelujah. We'll, we'll pick up here later because the Lord said you'll be back next week. Hallelujah. Father God, I'm just so grateful. So grateful for each and every person. Thank you for everything you have done tonight. Woo-wee. Hallelujah. Thank you for utterance. Thank you for ministering to people. Thank you for everything that you've done. We're so grateful. Y'all stand up. Hallelujah. We worship you. We honor you. We're so grateful for everything you've done in our lives, everything you are doing in our lives. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. You said it and you're going to do it. You said it and you're going to do it. We believe in you. We believe your word. We believe it's forever settled in heaven. Hallelujah. We honor you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. You're a good father. You're a good father. You always hear us when we pray. You always hear us when we pray. Thank you for your living word that you've given us that we can bring to you. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father. I thank you for answers. I thank you for answers. I thank you for answers. I thank you for answers, for knowings, for understandings. I thank you the eyes of our understanding are enlightened, that we would know the hope of your calling, and therefore we would know what you have for us. I thank you for illumination. I thank you for revelation. I thank you the eyes. Our eyes are open. Our eyes are open. Our eyes are open. We know what to do. We know what to say. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Answers. 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 You hear us when we pray. Answers. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. We magnify you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.